Drive the nails in my hands, laugh at me, where you stand. Go ahead and say, is it me? The day will come when you will see. Opportunity to give and use money 
time. Let's just offer you a decent Oh, yeah. 
your lesson. Children, pay attention. Come to your friends. Except for Carson, I think he's So it's like 
something, right? Me. Okay. You, what? Okay, maybe you remember later. Okay, so in Mark chapter 14, it says, And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And in the orange hands, or egg, is <laughs> praying hands. Right? Do this when you pray. Sometimes you do this, right? Praying hands. After dinner with his disciples, Jesus took them to a garden where he prayed. All right. When Jesus finished praying in the garden, the men who wanted to kill him took him as their prisoner. Are you listening? Then they brought Jesus to Pilate, their ruler, and he had Jesus whipped. John 19.1 says, Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. In the green egg, we have a leather strap. That's what they would have whipped Jesus with. A leather strap? A leather strap. Whip. Yep. The whip used was long and hard, and it hurt so much that Jesus was bleeding. Oh. Matthew 27 says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and kneeling before him, they mocked him. What does mock mean? Make um, fun of him. Right, they made fun of him, right? Okay, inside the yellow egg we have... A crown of thorns. Who would like to wear a crown of thorns? <laughs> You're just kidding. Does it sound fun? No. Does it sound painful? Yes. Jesus was not exactly thrilled about his crown of thorns. It hurt, so they, hurt. they whipped him, then they took branches with thorns and shaped him into a crown and shoved it on his head. Okay, so they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross, so he's carrying his own cross, to the place called the Place of a Skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. So in the light orange egg is a cross. This cross is made of something different. Can you see what this is made of? Nails. Nails. Why was he made of nails? Because Jesus put nails to the cross. Because they used nails to put Jesus on the cross. Very good. You gotta pass this. The soldiers made Jesus carry his heavy wooden cross to the top of the hill, and using nails much larger than those, they nailed him through his hands and his feet. Okay, it's coming. John chapter 19 says, When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments, clothes, they and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier. Soldier. Also his robe, but the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. So they said to one another, let's not tear it. Let's cast lots and see who it shall be. Do you know what cast lots means? No. They were playing a game, or gambling, to determine who got to keep his robe. In the light green egg we find... Ah. Oh, games with dice to determine who got to keep... Jesus' rope. Have you ever played a game using dice? Yes. Games are supposed to be fun, right? Was the games the soldier was playing fun? No. No. I don't think so. John chapter 19. 
So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified. But when they came to Jesus, they saw he was already dead. So they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once came out. What came out? Remember? Blood and water. Blood and water. In purple egg, we find. A spear. Uh, spear. Well, but the spear they used was a little bigger. <laughs> Is that whole lot bigger? Right. Two robbers were crucified with Jesus, one on each side. When they came to check, the other two men were still alive, so they broke their legs. The story is sad but true. It's sad to think Jesus died, but remember, Jesus gave up his life for the love of all of us. Okay, we're getting ready close to the end. Are you listening? In Matthew 27, starting in verses 57, when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Fine linen. So they wrapped Jesus' body in cloth like that to get him ready to be buried. But they didn't bury him in the ground. Where did they put him? Caleb, they didn't bury Jesus in the ground. Where did they put his body? In a tomb, in the rock, right? Yeah. Right. In a rock. All right, Matthew 28. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came back and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his cloth white as snow, and for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. The stone that was rolled out in front of Jesus' tomb was much bigger than this stone. Think that would cover the tomb? No. I don't think so. It's much bigger than that stone. It was as big as a door and probably weighed more than a car. So most men could not have rolled it away. It probably took many people to put it there, right? But the men were no match for God's angel, and it only took one angel to roll the stone away. Where do you think the angel got his strength from? God and the Holy Spirit. When two women came to the tomb of Jesus, they were surprised. The heavy stone was rolled aside, and the tomb was empty. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. The angel told him he is risen. That, this was the promise that Jesus made to his disciples during the last summer, supper. He promised that he would be back. He would come back to life to show those who believed in him that they would live forever. Someday, because he died for us, we can meet him and thank him in heaven. That's the true story of Easter. Oh, sorry. Last egg, Aaron. The tomb was? Empty, so nothing in it. Nothing in it. Good job. Yay. All right. We're going to pray and thank God for dying on the cross. Right? For us? Okay, just a minute. We can. All right. We want to do like to pray and thank God for sending his son to die on the cross for us. Ariana? Okay.
Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide, and I fell down on my knees and just clung to him and cried. He raised me to my feet, and as I looked into his eyes, love was shining out from him like sunlight from the skies. melted into
version of the story because it's fun and it has little things to hold, make it easier to understand. What I have for you is 20 trivia questions that go along with that story. Most of them were answered in the resurrection eggs. And I will tell you that I took this quiz um, this morning and I hate to admit I got 13 out of 20 right. So, we'll see if you can do better than I can. And I did actually get a couple of the ones wrong that are in the resurrection eggs, believe it or not. So, the first one is, at Christ's crucifixion, what did the soldiers place on his head? Just yell it out. Crown of thorns. That one I got right. That's an easy one. For what of Christ did the soldiers cast lots for? It's close. Okay. For how many pieces of silver did Judas betray Jesus? Thirty. How did Judas betray Christ? With a kiss. With a kiss. That was not in there, I don't think. I did get that right, though. Christ was led away to which high priest first? John 18.13 says, Although in Matthew's Gospel record it is said that he was led away to Caiaphas, John gives us a little extra information. Annas, was, for whatever reason, was still recognized as a high priest. Right. So we actually went to him first, to Annas question. first. It is a trick question. And I did not answer Annas or Caiaphas, so what does that tell you? <laughs> what was inscribed above the cross? King of the Jews. When Jesus died, for how long was there darkness over the land? Okay. No. All right, I need someone quickly to look up a verse. Luke 23, 44. I said hours. It's not 24, but I was wrong. So. What was it, Luke 23, 44. Got it. Okay, go ahead. It's now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. The sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Three hours it was dark. What was the name of the man who requested Jesus' body for burial? Joseph. Joseph, right. I did get that one right. I said three days, not three hours. That's the one I got wrong. Who of these was first on the scene after resurrection of Christ? Mary. Mary. Mary what? Which one? Do you remember? Mary Magdalene. Yep. Pilate offered to release one prisoner. Which prisoner did the Jews request to be released? Barabbas. That one I did. What was the color of the robe that was placed on Jesus? White. Matthew mentions the robe being scarlet, but this is not the same Greek word that is used for red, so it was purple. Scarlet apparently means purple in Greek. Something like that. Purplish, reddish, something. Okay. <laughs> After Pilate found no guilt in Christ, for what reason did the Jews say that Jesus should die? For being the king of Jesus. Close. Yes. So, the Jews considered the adoption of his title as blasphemy. The title was naming himself the Son of God. With what was Jesus' side pierced? 
And what was Jesus wrapped before he was buried? Um, cloth. Linen cloths. Yep. Which disciple wanted to see the imprint of the nails before he would believe? Thomas. Thomas. I got that one. <laughs> Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection besides which sea? Um, the White Sea. technically is the Sea of Galilee. According to this, the actual is the Sea of Tiberias, which is also known today as the Sea of Galilee. Who did Pilate send Jesus to after he had interrogated him? Joseph? Herod. Yes. Herod. Three more. Who carried the cross for Christ? Um, the man from the cloud. Yes. What was his name? I don't know. <laughs> Simon of Cyrene. I got the wrong Simon. They're all Simon. It's Simon of something for all four answers. Who rolled away the tombstone? An angel. angel. See, I got that one wrong because I said God, which is technically still true. <laughs> for how long did Jesus remain after his resurrection before he ascended into heaven? Um, two days. Forty days. Forty days. Forty days. I got that one wrong too. <laughs>
dismiss the children. Children, I need to line up outside the guy's kid's door and wait for instructions from Mr. Eric. They're actually going to the door. Oh, Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So, um, when Alicia came to me and asked if I could do a message for today, I said sure. And uh, I started thinking about the topic of what I wanted to do or what God wanted me to do. And um, a question came to me, um, popped in my mind, why was the resurrection necessary? Like, Jesus resurrecting here on the earth, why was that necessary? Why didn't he just go up to heaven, take his place next to God? So I started looking into it and researching uh, I started by asking several brothers and sisters from the body uh, the same question. Okay, I just wanted to, there's no right or wrong answer, I just wanted to get their response. I just wanted to see what their side of it was. And uh, most of them gave me a similar response, which was, it was symbolism or to show us what was to come uh, for us. You know, the future resurrection that we would experience. They're 100% correct. Don't get me wrong. Um, Jesus' resurrection definitely points towards the resurrection that one day we will experience as believers. Today, we're going to see another reason why Jesus resurrecting here on earth was so important. Okay? So I'm going to jump around to several different texts. So... You know, if you want to follow me, Ken, but uh, it might be a little weird jumping around here. So first, we're going to start off in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 through 23. This is Paul speaking. But now Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, afterward, at his coming, the people of Christ. So, Paul uses the, the term first fruits. And I think it's actually pretty important that he used this terminology. Um, first fruits actually has two definitions. Um, 
The first definition is the agricultural products harvested first and given to God as an offering slash sacrifice. Okay? The second definition is a promise of more goods to come later. Two separate definitions. However, Paul uses both definitions in this short bit of text that I just read. So, according to the verses, death came through a man, that's Adam, when he sinned, death is the way sin, sorry, excuse me, death, the wages of sin is death, so when he first sinned, death came to us, okay? The resurrection also had to come through a man, according to the scripture, and that was Jesus. Um, so the first definition of first fruits, Christ was the first to die as an offering for our sins. Okay? So he was our sacrifice to God for our sins. The second definition, Jesus was the first person to be resurrected, a promise of more to come. Okay? So let's move on to 1 Corinthians 15, 44 through 49. I'm actually starting in the middle of the verse here. It says, If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. So, first you have your natural body. Like you see me standing here today. In heaven, I will have my spiritual body until I am resurrected. Okay? The first man was from the earth and made of dust. The second man is from heaven. Like the man made of dust, so are those who are made of dust. Like the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the man made of dust, we will also bear the image of the heavenly man. So this is Paul talking about the nature of our resurrected bodies when we become resurrected. I like to think that, according to this text, um, when we are resurrected into our new body in the new heaven and new earth, that we will share some of the same traits that Jesus showed to us when he was here resurrected. Like the ability to walk through walls, the ability to teleport, uh, the ability to change your, your likeness. I also like to think that, you know, when he lifted up his shirt to show the spear wound in his side, that he was like rocking some cool abs, you know, six-pack abs, you know, like the models. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's just silly. So anyways, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty through 57 Brothers, I tell you this, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, and corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Listen, I am telling you a mystery. 
We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. Because this corruptible must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal must be clothed with immortality, now when this corruptible is clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, when we are resurrected, and because Jesus came, died, and was resurrected, we have faith, we believe in that, we know that that resurrection stands for us, we as corrupted beings, once corrupted, can now be clothed in incorruptibility when we raise again in the future. Jesus paved the way, not only through his death, but through his burial and resurrection. So our flesh has been corrupted by sin, and it's not suitable to enter the kingdom of God. Without the resurrection of Jesus, there would be no promise of a future resurrection for us. And we wouldn't enter the kingdom. Because we share in his resurrection, we are found incorruptible in the sight of God. We'll jump over to Romans 6, 5 through 11. For if we have been joined with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that sin's dominion over the body may be abolished so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Since a person who has died is freed from sin's claims, now if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, no longer dies. Death no longer rules over him. For in that he died, he died to sin once for all. But in that he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> he was raised for us. Praise God. Because he was raised for us, now we can live for God. Okay? There's a reason that once we are saved, then the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. We were corrupted, like Paul said, but now through Christ's resurrection, we are suitable hosts for the Holy Spirit. So, 
In Romans 4.25 it says, actually I have it written down here, I don't have to flip there. He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So I started looking up the definition of justification. And according to the Oxford Languages, which is the group, company, whatever you want to call it, that does the Oxford Dictionary, the um, religious definition of justification is the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of God. So, resurrection, if, the re- if Jesus being raised is an action, then because he was re- resurrected, we have been declared righteous in the sight of God. Amen. Through the action of him resurrecting on this earth, we were declared righteous to God. So, in conclusion, keep it short and simple here, nice and sweet. Who can tell me what happens when Super Mario from the video game Super Mario Brothers eats the red mushroom? What's that? No, that's the flower. Close. Gets bigger. Thank you. What happens when Super Mario eats the green mushroom? That's right. He has a little life counter in the corner of his screen and it goes up by one, correct? So because Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected, I now have another life after this one. Thank you. Dan, I'll turn it over to you. Good, delicious homemade. Well
We have one more song for you, and I'm going to ask everyone to stand with us as we sing this one. Um, this is Forever We Sing Hallelujah, and um, the chorus, you've seen this song before, most of you have. Forever He is glorified, forever He is lifted high, forever He is risen, He is alive.
Jesus. I like that. Almost made me cry. All right. We're going to pray together in just a moment to close our service. But if you're here today and you realize that you're holding something back from God, understand, know with certainty, Jesus held nothing back. Jesus held nothing back. Because he died for us. And he died for all, really. But not all will accept it. Because he died for you. You die. And if you accept that, there is new life in Christ. If you've been trying to put a little jig on the Lord, pretending to be saved, there is no better day than this day, the day, the only day that you have any control over to fully, with all of your heart, give your life over to the Lord and let Him be in charge. For He will not only save your soul, He'll bring you home. Let's pray for you. Father in heaven, I'm blessed to be a part of a fellowship that's full of so many gifts that clearly loves you and would take very serious the responsibility that we have to bring you glory. That we would be remiss if we didn't accept that there might be someone in the room who's not admitted what you have done for them and their need of a Savior who's not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord of all things, recognizing his sacrifice and living accordingly. Or there may be somebody in this room who even knowing those things, even having a head knowledge of the resurrection of our Lord, has not committed their way unto you. They have not decided to live the remainder of their days and decided is a weak word because we decide what to wear, we decide where to eat, we decide what to do, we decide how to behave. And those decisions mostly last for a few moments. When they last for quite a while, we make the same decision over and over again, we begin to realize a pattern. And that pattern of deciding, even that pattern of deciding is very weak. It's nothing compared to what it means to just surrender our lives and our hearts into the healing love of our Lord. No games, just your glory. No struggles too big to overcome. Not because we are big, or mighty, strong, or smart, because He that is in us is so much greater than He that is in the world. Thank you, Lord for dying, taking the sins upon you, essentially becoming sin, being nailed to a cross, being buried, and being resurrected. As that first payment, that proof, that more is coming, but as that justification that we might be seen now sinless, having you as Lord. And we praise you for it. We have more of Easter to go. There's more of celebrating your resurrection. There's time to praise you, to lift up prayers, to be in your word, to serve. And right now, right here in this moment, Lord, I would ask you to work in the 
parts of every person present. And if there be somebody just now who needs to today surrender their life in earnest to you, regardless of what anybody else thinks, the Lord, right where they are, just make them bold to raise their hand. When I walk forward to the front of the room, just make them bold to raise their hand that I might lift up a special prayer for them. God, just help them right now be courageous. For anyone in this room, or Lord, you know our hearts. I don't know the hearts. I know that most people here would say that they're saved. Most people here would say that they're trusting in you. I ask you, Lord, if you know that there's someone who's not moving right now, to just raise their hand. Father, if you're here today, see that hand. All right, brother, see that hand. If you're here today and you would say, there are, you know that there are folks here today who would say that they are, they, they have you as Lord, but they're just having a hard time putting it all on the line, having a hard time being fully committed. Then Lord, just have them right where they are to raise their hand today as they commit themselves completely to you. All right, now if you raise your hand for either one of those, I want you to put your hand up right now. Keep it up for one minute because I'm going to pray specifically for you. And I saw that hand. Is it up? Raise your hand. All right, sorry. Father in heaven, we pray for those who would commit themselves to you today, that we would be bold, that we would have strength, and we would live according to the way we're supposed to, the best we know how. Nobody's asking for us to make every perfect decision perfectly every moment, but rather decisions led by you with the intention of glorifying you, and you make it work. And we praise you for doing that work in us. And now as we go out, Lord, we ask you to bless your people. It's a crazy time, but it's no time any different than what's happened in the past where there's nothing new under the sun. So we ask you to give us courage. We ask you to help us serve and to look for those who need to be served and to talk and to look for those who need to be talked to and to love and look for those who need to be loved and let us stop making it about us or our wants or our desires. What's left of this life, Lord, let it be for you and for the preaching of the gospel and the deliverance of the kingdom of God and to anyone who will listen because there's no time to let souls go to hell, only time to live for our God and see folks on the way to heaven. And we pray that you'll do just that in our day. May there be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit and a mighty movement of the gospel that people would be saved. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And if you prayed with me, just say amen. 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 All right, God bless you all. This concludes our Easter services. Don't forget to collect your children. Thanks for choosing this podcast from New Heights Fellowship Baptist Church of East Toledo. This has been the Easter Sunday podcast as we celebrated the resurrection, which we do pretty much every Sunday and really ought to do seven days a week. Without the resurrection, there would be no newness of life, no justification before God, no freedom from guilt, no power to enter heaven. Praise God, the power of the resurrection is still at work in those who believe and follow our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. I hope you've been blessed. If you want to connect up with New Heights Fellowship Baptist Church of East Toledo, you can do so through our website in a variety of ways at churchtoledo.com. That's churchtoledo.com. You can also give financially on there if you want. Uh, there's a message board called Your Thoughts, in which if God has given you a thought, an inspirational moment that you'd like to share with the church or with the world, you can type it in there, and it will show up on our website. Ask that everything on there be encouraging and godly to the best of our abilities. If you are interested in hooking up with one of our ministries, there's a ministry page on our website, and you can look at all the things that we're doing. It's pretty broad, pretty amazing, considering we're a relatively small church. 
Sometimes I think you'd think that New Heights is a mega church, and the truth is New Heights is actually a mega church. We're a great big church, even if we are in a relatively small body. Impacting Toledo through ministries like the Southside Life Station. You can read about that on our website and um, our TV commercials and our publishing arm and the podcasting. And Man, this list just goes on and on. We're so blessed, and we just ask you to... Uh, see how the Lord might lead you to reach New Heights in Jesus right where you are and help others do the same. And if you're within uh, touching distance of us, then come on, worship with us on a Sunday or maybe join us in membership and become part of New Heights Fellowship. By the way, there's a page on our website. What would it take for me to become a member of New Heights Fellowship Baptist Church of East Toledo? And then on top of that, there is such a thing as a uh, non-resident member. And so somebody who's out there in the world, you might be in Afghanistan or in California or in Texas or somewhere far away and never be able to come and worship with us but at the same time you might be able to join as a non-resident member and the requirements are listed on our website on the what does it take to be a member of New Heights link so that's about all I got if you'd like to give to this ministry you can text GIVE to 419-419-0095 that's fairly easy to remember because it's 419 twice 419419 and then a pair of zeros and a 9 and a 5. 419419095. That's a pretty easy number to remember. And you just got to text the word GIVE, set up your debit or credit card, and you can give to the ministry. There's a lot more information about other text words you can use on our website at churchdelito.com on the home page. There you go. Father in heaven, please bless this listener. Please be powerful. Be yourself. Be love in their lives. Lord, help us to live the power of the resurrection every day in the midst of a pandemic, which to us is nothing because no pandemic can keep us from our Lord, from the love that you have for us. You have not forgotten us, and you are working even this messy time for our good, assuming that we love you and are called according to your purpose. We know this. We we consider this a promise from you and we claim it. I ask you to bless the listener, um, bless those who are hurting, bless those who just went in the hospital, bless those who are dealing with heart issues, and and Lord, those who have problems with their back, because I can think of a couple that that would be true, and Lord, uh, those who are having pain in their hand, and those who are uh, recovering from a surgery that went badly, and Lord, these are on our list today, and we just ask you to bless and be mighty, and if you're one of them and you're blessed, feel free to reach out and let us know how God has blessed you. And so that's it. Pastor Dan, New Heights Fellowship, Baptist Church of East Toledo, and I'm out. Go ye therefore and be the church.